You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall show and podcast. Broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Be sure to check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, President of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howden. And good morning, listeners, and good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? It's not raining today, so, you know, there's that. It's sunny, sunny in Morgantown. Yeah. yeah. And cloudy in other town, right? Yep. March the 28th is the day we're recording. We'll air this first on April April 1st. Wow. April Fool's Day. And this is show number 81, so we're, we're old hat at this. We've got this down to a well-oiled machine. <laughs> right? So you bought a new car? Yes. What did you get? I'm just making sure my microphone. Check, check. I hear you. Okay, good. <laughs> uh, what did yeah. you get? Well, you know... As a, as a member of the Old York Road Sports Car Club, right, which was started in 1952-53. I, I uh, I'm probably the only one in the club who didn't have a sports car, and <clears throat> while they appreciate my performance trucks, <laughs> it really didn't fit in. So I've always been soft searching for a couple of years for a for a, a real a true roadster right. uh, sports car, and found a BMW Z3 oh, 2000 with uh, 28,000 miles on it, and. Uh, what color is it? It's a uh, topaz blue. Oh, that's a good color. A good, good color for that car. Yeah, one of the better colors I think for that car. Yeah, really and truly, it's just a it. It's iconic for that car. When you think of that car, you think of that color. Yeah, that car or the light blue that apparently was in a James Bond movie. Again, I'm not a movie guy. <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> we we're we've documented and are well aware of that now. So, uh, and we're going to talk about a couple of movies okay, into good. the show today: Cannonball Run and Cannonball Cannonball Run One and Cannonball Run. I two. almost rented a. <laughs> Le Mans, because I've oh. seen the whole thing, and I wasn't God. sure if I, I didn't, you know, at 9 o'clock at night, do I want to start no, a two-hour movie? No, and it's really, it's a long two hours, <laughs> because there's a lot of very dry, you know, movie making back in the 60s was not quite what it is today. It's right. not, you know, in-your-face action every second, every minute of it. It's, it's very drawn out. Things that take... Ten seconds in a current movie are like two minutes in that movie, but the racing and the sounds... Is amazing. People had a, a longer attention span back then, so scenes right. could be longer. They're more dialogue, right. and well, you didn't have a cell phone in your pocket. I mean, I can. We'll be watching a movie at home, and I'll look over, and my wife is on her cell phone. She's t- doing something, or on her iPad, yeah. or whatever, and not even listening or watching the movie. Hey, did you enjoy that movie? Oh, it's fantastic. Well, how do you know? <laughs> cell phones, man. I know they're the scourge of the earth, Killers. but you know, can't live without them. Can't yeah, live with them. Right. You know, whatever the saying is. I. I love my cell phone because there are so many things that I can do with that that don't require me to have, you know, a whole traipse of either people following me or a whole box with wheels on it that I roll around all my stuff. I love having everything in my hand, you know. Think about it. You don't have to carry an address book. You don't have to carry I mean, there's just so many things. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Thomas map in in Los Angeles. Thomas Guide. If you lived in Los Angeles, maybe not just Los Angeles, probably any big city. More than likely, though, Los Angeles. The Thomas Guide was like a phone book that you sat on the passenger seat of your car. Everybody and had Everybody one. had one. And that was the way to find your way around Los Angeles because Los Angeles was spread out. Mm-hmm. And back in the day when I lived there in the early 80s, um, 
you know, everything you had to do was always, you know, three towns over and, and there was 42 main streets and there was 42, you know, of the same name road and you had to know exactly where you were going. And then you'd run out of page because you'd have to flip the page to see where you were going next. And God forbid there was a, you know, a left and an immediate right. You could miss that pretty easily. Right. It's intriguing. It's, a, it's a, basically a giant map cut into squares <laughs> and then it, you don't just pay, it wasn't just page by page. It was like, go to page 52. Yeah. And look at F. Three, right. which so the F on the left side and the three, you know, the numbers on the bottom right. and the, and and then you would find the, what you were looking for, and then you'd had to backtrack to figure out how to get to that point because now you found where you're going, but you're way far. You're on page seventy-seven, and this is on page one hundred and thirty. How do you get from seventy-seven right. to thirty? My first job in LA was delivering flowers. Oh God, flowers, which was actually a good. You learned a lot about it. Right? Yeah, where where was the flower shop? In Beverly Hills. Oh well, la di da. Actually, I told you I delivered to some celebrities. That's true. Apollonia. Yeah. And, uh, Steve Perry. And yeah. A whole bunch of people. Yeah. Steve Perry. Ruined journey. Yeah. <laughs> no, he Maybe, didn't. Yeah. He did kind of. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what the true story of that is. Nor do we care because this is a car show, right. not a Steve Perry journey show. But uh, anyway, had. A good week last week selling cars. Uh, we sold them why all over the place. How about Brisbane, Australia? Wow. Yeah. Sold a car to Australia. Yeah, Australia, which is not inexpensive to get the car there. I mean, I don't know what the fees and the duties and all that are. I'm sure that is another thing all in and of mm-hmm. itself. However, just to get it from here to there. And the timing it takes, it takes a long time to get it there. Anyway. Well, there's a lot of American cars, and it's like a hobby. I have a friend of mine who lives in Australia Mm -hmm. and a big car collector over there. And, uh, yeah, they they get them over there. They figure it out one way or another. They're they're like degenerate, you know, car guys just like the rest of us. They'll figure out a way. Are you friends with Google Murdoch? Yeah, (laughs) me and Rube. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're not. Um, Anyway, uh, Brisbane, Australia, Elizabethtown, Pennsylvania, Malvern, Pennsylvania, Wrightsville, Pennsylvania, Jeffersonville, Pennsylvania, Wharton, New Jersey, Tyson's Corner, Virginia, Los Angeles, California. Fort Worth, Texas, Westchester, Pennsylvania, Canfield, Ohio, Morristown, New Jersey, Fredericksburg, Texas, Helena, Montana, Russellville, Alabama, Chandler, Arizona, Wild Missing, Pennsylvania, Warren, Ohio, Beirut, Lebanon. Really? Yeah. And Hereford, Pennsylvania, Denver, Pennsylvania, Glenville, Pennsylvania. How interesting. Yeah. Beirut. Beirut. Did they get the Hummer? <laughs> no. I may have told this story before, so... <laughs> You'll just have to suffer with it if I have. Um, we sold a G55 AMG Mercedes, the black box. Okay. You know what those are. Mm-hmm. They look like a box. They're four-wheel drives. Yeah, yeah. And we sold it to Beirut, Lebanon. And we were watching the news one night, and there was some unrest in the Middle East. <laughs> and I thought, oh, no. What if we happen to see that being used in right. some kind of heist heist or unrest and, you know, whatever, with machine guns turreted on the top of it? No, they used Tacoma. Yeah. Toyota Tacoma. <laughs> they love those Tacoma. We got a Tacoma in recently. Yeah, we did. Did you not see that? Not, oh, the not ta- yet. I'm- we got a Tacoma and a um, something else Toyota that mm-hmm. are all off-roaded up with the tricolor oh, cool. stripes and, yeah, and nice. really, really, really hot, cool. Hot, yeah. hot vehicle, right? Yeah, they really are. Uh, it's funny how... Um, Imports have had a pretty good shelf life as of lately and have been very, very popular and import cars. But now import trucks are really starting mm-hmm. to come on strong. And the Toyotas and the Nissans and all that, the little mini trucks. Oh, sure. And and the Toyota trucks were even back in the day were pretty darn cool. Even when they were small, you had one that was mm-hmm. properly um, – 
accoutremented, mm-hmm. you know, with the wheels and the tires and the lift kit and the light bar and the right. roll bar and the colors and all that. That was a pretty cool truck. Yeah, it was. And I, listen, I got some razzing online for saying Toyota. <laughs> Did you really? Because I'm from Philly. And my Do you also say Hyundai? Hyundai? It's Hyundai, It's right? Hyundai, Hyundai. But most say people that. say Hyundai. I say Toyota. I always have. My dad did. <laughs> and you got grief on oh, it. Oh, boy. Well, I got hammered. <laughs> One guy said, I'm never buying a car there because you said Toyota. Oh, my God. And then I said, look, dude, I'm from Philly. I'm that's, from Philly. What do you expect? You know. Anyway. You know, listen, accents are accents. I My wife gets on to me all the time because I say fur, like I'm going for some chicken or orange. F-E-R. F-E-R. And a lot of people say fur, by yeah, the way. Yeah. I, not just East Tennessee. Twofer. Twofer. And uh, I say orange instead of orange. And mm-hmm. so she tends to make fun of me with that. So, you know, I'm not the only one, honey. Right. Steve can't pronounce, you know. Uh, right. I, t- I say Toyota. How, how do you say, uh, well, hot dog, right? <laughs> I say, how would you say it my, differently? My wife, who's from California, says hot dog. Hot dog. Like it's old one. like it's a D-A-G instead of, anyway, we digress. We digress. Did you ever eat at Pink's hot dogs? I, we did. Yeah, oh, yeah I love Pink's. Did you ever eat at uh, Fat Jack's on Ventura Boulevard, the hamburger place, where they had the chili burger? Oh, my no, God. No, but what was the other one that had stands? My wife would know this. Yeah. different stands around L.A. that would do the chili burger thing. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, the chili burgers are great. Yeah. And I tell you, in L.A., the, one, the best thing were the taco stands that were just a little cinder block building and they were when the first time you went there if you were from east tennessee yeah you ordered a taco and you're like well where's the ground beef uh-huh. and they're like well we don't use ground beef we use shredded steak and oh, yeah. and it was like oh i didn't know that but then you realize oh this is much better mm-hmm. they had oh they were there were some great places oh, yeah. that were i worked in north hollywood on uh, lancashire and Tahunga. Mm-hmm. um and there was taco stands all around there, and you figured out the really good ones, and sure. they were they were uh, amazing. And uh, Los Angeles in and of itself was amazing. I mean, from the car culture to mm-hmm. just everything, the music culture was amazing. You could spend – you were usually broke before the weekend, before you even got paid, because you bought tickets to see whatever concert. Right. And everything was expensive out there, and uh, relatively to, to anywhere else you live, because in Knoxville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. valet parking – didn't exist. There was no such thing as valet parking. Right. In, in L.A., there was no place you could park that wasn't valet parking. Or or at least charge. Or at least some kind of payment, yes. but but usually valet. And, of course, if you wanted to be a car thief, you just needed to get one of those little red velvet jackets and act like you. You get <laughs> yeah. a little A-frame stand and much. stand out there on the side of the road, and the guy flips you his keys, and you take off, and you never That's return. Right. And there was valet. That's what started valet keys on cars. Oh, Remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, I, I know the Corvette Z, uh, ZR1s had a key that would disable some of the power okay. or some of the cylinders and then there was valet keys mm-hmm. that on high dollar sports cars and you know uh not high dollar but i mean yeah. uh high performance excuse me yeah uh sports cars that they would disable part of the the uh the engine because you didn't want the valet out tearing Joy up through riding yeah and if he knew that you were going to be in there for a while <laughs> The fun one was the, where you valeted at uh, the uh, the uh, uh, Rainbow Bar and Grill in mm-hmm. between the Rainbow and the Roxy, and you pulled right into that little parking lot area in between them. And if you had a cool car, and there was usually a line of people waiting to get sure. in, and if you had a cool car, then that was your time to you know yeah. be really cool. Well, and they'd show. wave you to the front. They'd wave you to the front or park you yeah near the front. Right. And then of course when at two a.m. when everything closed, that little parking area that you pulled into valet to became like the party central for the next hour right. or so. Yep. 
And, uh, and of course your, your hope was to get invited to one of the parties in the Holiday Hills. Oh, is that what it was? Uh, Hollywood Hills, excuse yeah. me, not Holiday Hills. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's like, like a holiday. golf course. Yeah, it's like a holiday. And, and to get invited to one of those, you had to really know somebody or be kind of interesting or something. Mm-hmm. So needless to say, I didn't get invited very often. Right. So. Well, right. I did a feature on uh, one of the corniches we had here at one point, and I thought I thought of L'Hermitage, which was on uh, I think it was on La Cienega mm-hmm. in, in not even Beverly Hills, just above Beverly Hills, and uh, yeah, they'd be lined up, lined up in the front. That's if you had a, a corniche, you'd, you'd get front row. Yeah, you get front Everybody row. Everybody else, they parked down <laughs> yeah. Beverly. A Mercedes 450 SEL would get parked way down away, you know. And of course, when I again growing up in Knoxville, Tennessee, there was one Rolls Royce in the whole town. <laughs> and when we, I never forget the first time I drove down Wilshire Boulevard on a Friday afternoon mm-hmm. at about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. We counted in one block like 55 Rolls oh, Royces. Yeah. And, of course, never having seen one before. I mean, you talk about the ultimate status symbol back in the day. It was. A 450 SL was way up there, mm-hmm. a Mercedes. That was, you know, the the little Roadster Mercedes that became the 560 and then the 5 whatever and so on and so forth. Um, the SL Roadsters were always kind of at the top of the heap there. But, boy, a Corniche convertible rolls. And people say, oh, it's redundant to say Corniche convertible, but it's not. They were right. Corniche coupes. Right. And they were very ugly. By the way, we have a beautiful Corniche here. We do. We have maybe, two. Maybe nicer than the one. We yeah. sold last year. Yeah, the red, nice. the red one we sold last yeah, year. Yeah, this black or dark one. And in, uh, unequaled by the ugliest Rolls Royce, in my opinion, the Camargue. <laughs> Remember that? No. Oh, Camargue. C a m a r g u e. I'm probably butchering the. Oh, I never heard that enunciation of right. it. But um, <laughs> the Camargue was a two door coupe ish, mm-hmm. weird looking, odd looking. Of course. Back in the day, the big thing on cars was sheepskin seat covers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yep. <laughs> those are so hideous. And they're still around. You, know, you still see them at car shows. We, I, there's a SL Mercedes that we oh, have okay. here, I think, that has sheep sheepskin seat covers. Cool, cool in the summer and yeah, warm, warm in, in the, the winter. winter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, when we return, we've digressed way into way off the deep end of what we LA were talking about. Cars, <laughs> LA and cars. It's appropriate. Hard not to talk about LA and cars. When we return, we might talk about uh, I don't know Philly and cars or you know. Miami in cars or somewhere else. Anyway, we'll be back with the Classic Automobile Podcast in just a minute. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. The Classic Auto Mall studio at the Classic Auto Mall, Morgantown, Pennsylvania. <laughs> on a weird day. On a weird day. We're on, we're here on a Tuesday. Yeah, we're, we're doing I feel, I feel very Tuesday-ish. You know, <laughs> Saturdays I feel more loose and. Do you? I don't know why. Because. Well, 
You got I, paperwork to do today. I got paperwork to do today. I have, I have work that has to be done today that I'm not doing because oh, we're doing this. So. Playing hooky. But it also is kind of strange because there's not a 10,000 people flooding through the doors like mm-hmm. they usually are on Saturday. Saturdays have gotten so busy, it's crazy. Listen, if you want to come visit us, Saturday's great. We're from 9 to noon, but don't forget Wednesday evenings. We're here till 8 p.m. You know what? I had a weird dream. I just remembered last what was night. It? I was standing in the center court and there were thousands of people here and I had a megaphone and I was saying, please don't touch the cars. <laughs> and I was doing it every, every corner. Like well, because spinning. you have to do like a rotation right, right. 360, you know, it's <laughs> like, the panorama of uh, like a boxing ring. You know? Right, right. Oh, you need the microphone that comes out of the ceiling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please do not touch the cars because it, 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 so cra- it was so crowded that we couldn't control what people were. A lot of people were in, were in here. Yeah. So. But Wednesdays are a great time to come because we're open till 8 p.m. Yeah. We're not nearly as busy. And, 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 and then that's important if you want to look at the cars mm-hmm. because sometimes we're so busy that, uh, you know, you, it's harder to get to see a particular car because everybody's looking at it. It's like when you go to the auto show and everybody's looking at the new whatever and you can't even get close enough mm-hmm. to really see it or take a picture of it because, uh, there's so many people. So don't forget Wednesdays till 8 p.m. And don't forget our showroom is open 24 hours a day on our website, mm-hmm. classicautomall.com. And if you have any questions about a car that you see on there or, or you want to come look at it closer and set up an appointment to come see it, right? sales at classicautomall.com or info at classicautomall.com. And then, of course, if you have anything with the show that you want to talk to us about or give us grief about, <laughs> like my Toyota, <laughs> Toyota and Hyundai, right. uh, you can reach us at podcast at classicautomall.com. So that's a lot to remember. Just go to our website. You'll yeah. see all that is there. All the it's all there. Or watch any of the videos. It's on the tag end of every video. Yep. And we've got, uh, if you go to YouTube, we're on YouTube and, and uh, we're on everything. TikTok, TikTok and, and Instagram and yep, Facebook, Facebook and and then Spotify and Apple. Uh, is it is it iTunes now? Is that what no, it's really? No, it's Apple Play. Play. Yeah. And, and Google Podcast. And Google Podcast. So, and then America's Web Radio uh, is where you can hear the show for the first time mm-hmm. uh, every Saturday. Now, it won't be recorded that Saturday. Usually, it's recorded the week before, or in this case, the Tuesday before. Yes, uh, because we had a little technical difficulty on Saturday. So, you know, sometimes that happens. So, right. the nice thing is, it's our studio, it's our show, it's our bus, it's our <laughs> world. We can do yeah, whatever we want. To. Waiting for Jay Leno to walk through the door so we <laughs> yeah, can where interview. Where is him. he? Been watching. Uh, uh, what's the what's the place up in? Uh, oh shoot! You went to the show last Greenwich. year. No, the other. One. Oh, uh, uh, Newport. No, Audrain. 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 Yeah. So they have, a, they have a YouTube channel. They do. It's pretty good. They, oh, I watched a video that was it's about six months old, but it yeah. was him and um, Don Osborne and Don talking about 928s, uh, Porsche 928s. A very oh. very good conversation. I, I have a whole thing of 928. I know you here. do. I saw I that on there. I'm like, I'm thinking, been on here. No fancy music, no fancy graphics. Just those two guys standing next to a 928s, and just. Talking, talking about, you know, the pros and cons of sure, the car. Sure, sure. And do you think it was That's all right. off the cuff? or do you Yeah, think it, was, it was great. It was, it was really good. scripted or It was anything. really good. Yeah. And, well, I mean, Donald Osborne, who runs the Audrain Concours d'Elegance and the Audrain Museum mm-hmm. and everything else that is Audrain, uh, is is right there in the thick of things and knows so much about cars. And, and, uh, and then, of course, Jay Leno uh, probably does. Osborne probably knows more about cars mm-hmm. overall, but Leno knows a lot about specific cars. Like if he owns one or has owned one, yeah. he might know 
more than anybody knows about a particular car. But you have to almost be selective like that in your knowledge of cars. You can't know everything That's about true. every car because there's – I mean, look at us. we got nine – what is the number today? Yeah, what is the current the status current of – The current status of our inventory today is – let's get to that page here, and let's refresh it and hope that it doesn't kick us off, which sometimes it does. 937 vehicles mm-hmm. in inventory. And you say – that went down from last week, or it went up from last week. Right. Um, sometimes we sell more than we consign. It depends on the weather, a lot to do with it. Like mm-hmm. yesterday, rained all day, so we sold seven and consigned one. Mm-hmm. So that happens. Uh, so that's why you see the numbers. Or sometimes people, you know, for whatever reason, like it's spring, they start getting the fever, the car's been here for a couple of months, right. and didn't sell. Oh, boy, I'd like to kind of take it out and use it at the car mm-hmm. shows, and then I'll bring it back in the fall. And listen, as long as you honor that first 90-day agreement with us, we're fine with that. you know. But let, give us the 90 days, because we spend a lot of time, money, and effort sure. to get these cars out there on the market. And you know, when you come show up 25 days after we've done that and say you want to pull your car out, well, it's your car. It's your asset. Mm-hmm. You're welcome to take it. But it's, you know, and we're not going to hold your feet to the fire. But we'd appreciate you allowing us to honor the 90-day agreement right. and let us have at least 90 days to sell it. If we don't sell it after then, then, hey, come get it and, you know. Have fun. We're dead to you. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be back. You'll be back because we're, you know, uh, we make it so easy to, to sell your car. And that's that's what we've sold. That's what's been our business MO right. uh, since day one is that there's a lot to selling your own car. There is, and I always tell people, just have patience, and the right buyer will come along. I mean, one guy pulled a car out of here. He's still trying to sell it on his own, and uh, it's a tough car. And I know that if it would have stayed here a little bit longer, eventually it's going to find that buyer. Yeah. If you're patient and you don't, you don't need the car for car shows, or right. you maybe have other stuff in your stable, then leave or, it here. Or even for transportation. Right. You know, maybe you lose your, your daily driver, and you've got something that's close to a daily driver that's mm-hmm. here, a BMW, a late model, right. a Mercedes or something. So, you know, I understand that. Listen, extenuating circumstances happen, and again, it's your car, your asset. You can take it out whenever you want. No no matter, you know, contract be damned. Right. But if you don't have to, if it's not an emergency, if it's not a, oh, my God, I, I can't not do this, then give us the sh- chance to do it. Mm-hmm. At least let us have our 90 days. And if it doesn't sell in the 90 days, usually it's only one reason. It's price. Mm-hmm. Uh, we present it well. We put everything out there on the market that we find about the cars, um, you know, good, bad, and ugly. Uh, it's on 60 plus websites all over the world, um, usually if it hadn't sold. I mean, we can tell the ones that are fairly priced because within a week or 10 days, they've got a deposit and usually are, are pretty much sold within a shorter period of time than anything else. Had I not purchased the BMW Z3, yes. you have a beautiful little Mazda RX-8. Eight, eight, yeah. Eight, uh, that is, I think, fairly priced. I do too, and I don't think that's going to be here very long at all. But I would have definitely jumped on that because I think it's a great car. Your wife called and she said you can't. <laughs> uh, it's really nice, titanium gray metallic. Yeah. Uh, it's only got twenty eight thousand actual miles on it. It's got all the service records. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nineteen grand, fairly priced. Yeah. Now we got a regular RX seven mm-hmm. ninety three in that's uh, a little pricier than that. Well, of course, that's a little more desirable body style, right? And uh, and then we've got a little uh, Mazda Miata in as well too, in okay. maroon, right? Uh, and uh, two Mazda Miatas. We've got the one that's got the the uh, five liter Ken Bell, yeah, the monster, monster Miata, four hundred horsepower V eight, which mm-hmm. is probably not enough power for a Mazda, is it? 
Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that thing. That thing. Do hold a on. Would do a Plus, it's bright yellow. Yeah, there's no, bright there's yellow. no missing it. Yeah. But the RX-8 is. Uh, I've sat in the back seat of RX-8s. I remember going to the LA Auto Show when they first came out, and you could sit in. And right. It's really comfortable in the back seat. In the it's back seat, I would have never known that. I've never sat. In the yeah. Back. I don't think I've ever been in an RX-8. Mm. Uh, I've, I've obviously known about them for all the years, uh, but I don't think I've ever. Funky actually... suicide door on the back, and, yeah. and you climb right in, and it's very comfortable for wow. adults, which oh. is unlike. Porsches and things. Uh, yeah, like that. most cars. I mean, the back seat is hideous. And, and, and as they know. said on the Audrain show yesterday, it's mostly for insurance purposes that they added this two plus two. Or, well, there's a lot of things that you know they underestimated back in the old days. They underrated the horsepower, right? You right. know, uh, you know, which they would never do today because now the more <laughs> the merrier. All about horsepower, but back then. They would say, oh, that's only got 275 mm-hmm. horsepower. They detuned it for, yeah. I guess the insurance company somehow tested it. I don't know. Some of it was, well, GM with the Grand National and then eventually the Typhoon and the Cyclone, they de, not detuned them. They lowered the, the uh, horsepower rating so that the Corvette was not overshadowed. Sure. Sure. They didn't want to. A pickup truck or an SUV to, <laughs> to kick the Corvette's right, butt, right. which it did, right? right. They did. Yeah, they, they were yeah, yeah, all-wheel drive quicker, and, yeah. and they, they were rated at 280 horsepower out of the factory. Eh, more like 320, but they didn't want to you know, surpass the Corvette in sure. horsepower. Well, and and again, back to the insurance thing as well mm-hmm. too. I'm sure they didn't want to, you know, have their customers pay premiums. And people mm-hmm. people ask why nowadays that they have eight speed automatic or nine speed automatic right. transmissions, or they have the automatic shutoff. As I've said mm-hmm. before, my least favorite yeah. thing in a car. Um, and they have all that because they're just they're 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 cramming for fuel mileage. They're doing their best because they had they know they have the stuff that's never going to be good. Mm-hmm. Well, fuel mileage like the Escalade Cadillac or the big Silverados. Uh, but I did see today. Um, uh, the European Union is talking about making some exceptions to the all-electric rule mm. in 2035 that they can't sell combustion engines. Now they're saying mm-hmm. if it's a zero emissions, blah, whatever, yeah. then they're – and I think that – I think that um, – what we'll find is is that they're not going to be able to honor those mandates that they're saying, nor will, will it make financial sense for them. To. You're saying it's a pipe dream or, well, a, or it's a utopian uh, it nightmare? Might be, <laughs> it might, might be something of, of both. But, but no, what I think is is that I think that, that – I mean, I read the other day that Ford in their combustion engine department made – Two point two billion in profit and lost three point two billion mm. in the electric car department. Wow. Now, obviously, they're in the R and D development early stages. Uh, early stages of that, and that's going to happen. That's not an electric car thing. Mm-hmm. That's just a car thing. Right? As you you lose money. I mean, like the fifty eight Impala was a one year only body style. My God, how much money do they have to lose on that thing? Right. You know. So I, I get that part of it. I get that there's you know money to be lost uh, in the initial stages of things. But I just think the more we dive into it the more we're going to realize that, you know, again, we've said this time and time again, we're not against electric cars. Mm-hmm. They're just not for every every application, you know, every solution or every, you know, problem is not going to be, uh, uh, the solution is not going to be electric car. I think that uh, we're we're going to see that, that they're going to be v- invaluable around cities mm-hmm. and, and for delivery vans and flower delivery companies <laughs> and, you know, things like that where, yep. where you're out on the road on short distances and always coming back to the home base, which you can plug into. Uh, but to go from even from Los Angeles to Palm Springs, I mean, are you going to be Comfortable. I know it's not that far of a drive, but or if you're going from uh, Philly to Baltimore, you know, do you want to take the chance of getting not running out and having to sit on the side of the road or 
not on the side of the road, but at a truck stop or wherever for four hours mm-hmm. to charge your car. Now, the solution will be the fast chargers. I mean, I wonder what the goal is for charging. Is it yeah. to you know, be able to charge a car in five minutes? Yeah, like 30 seconds or something. <laughs> like, I mean, eventually I think the infrastructure will catch up with, with I the demand so. for the technology. But uh, my beef is the conservation angle to it or the, the – you know, eco-friendliness of it. There's, there is no free lunch. How know? long does it take to put 20 gallons of gas in a car? Um, I don't um, know. A minute and a half? A minute three, and a half. Two minutes? It depends on if they got that, that, uh, <laughs> you know, where you gotta click it a hundred times because it's. Or if they service it, apparently they, if, after a while, it yeah. slows down or if somebody else is pumping on the, yeah, on the other side, you can feel it. Yours <laughs> exactly. is slow. Well, wait a minute. What happened here? I was going so much faster. Or when it's really slow and yeah. there's some kind of vapor lock thing right. going on, they say, uh, within the pump. So that, that happens from time to time. But for the most part, minute and a half or so and you're full yeah. of your 20 gallons. And, you know, the bad thing is if you're driving in our truck and trailer on diesel and you have to go in to give them your card and then you got to go back out and pump then you mm-hmm. got to go back in to get your card and pay and all that plus you're always confused whether you're putting def the diesel fuel supplement that you put in there if it's already in the fuel because on my truck you have to put it in separately oh really under the hood on the firewall okay on a dually that's about 18 feet tall and i'm not 18 feet tall <laughs> so anyway when we come back we'll talk more about that because i want to really rant about that <laughs> uh, now you can put the def in beside the uh the diesel fuel tank huh. so anyway when we return with the classic automall podcast more uh fascinating conversation with my uh, co-host steve we'll be back in a minute hey folks this is victor with the on point with victor show make sure you listen every tuesday one to two only right here on america's web radio the on point with victor show remember folks i'm not angry i'm just right and you can find out why every tuesday from one to two the on point with victor show only right here on america's web radio if you want the truth about politics medicine weapons classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automall podcast, talking about all things electric cars. Although what we were saying in the break, electric power tools kind of sort of make sense. Yeah. I mean, especially, think about this. An older woman who wants to mow her yard, and you got a lawnmower and had started all winter, mm-hmm. and you go out there and you pull on it so many times that you're worn out. Yeah. And it still won't start. Right. And then you find out you got a plug, you know, a fouled plug or you got bad gas or, you know, the carburetor's off or yeah. the choke or whatever. Oh, I clean out the carburetors after every sure. winter, you know, everything's so, got to come apart. Yeah. So yes, I get, I mean, I get gasoline powered lawn tools. My blower with the gas power on it is amazing. My, mm-hmm. my, uh, still weed eater will take an eye out. <laughs> That's right. It'll throw a rocket like 900 feet per second. You know, this thing is like, oh, it's kind of scary, especially if you've gone from one of those little green weed eater ones you right. know, that, you know, barely could get through any of the grass. Totally. And that thing will, you know, dies after 20 minutes. Yeah. You get, <laughs> and this thing you put up against a cinder block and it cuts right through it like nobody's business. So, uh, but you know, electric power tools may be a thing, but yep. you know, I think there's just, again, certain circumstances mm-hmm. uh, that that make sense for electric and certain circumstances that don't. I love combustion engines. Um, I love the sound of them. I love, sure. you know, there's, there's so many 
parts to that that we like and 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 not to be selfish i'm not saying that just because i like them and because i think they sound cool that somehow that we should not have electric vehicles i'm not saying that i'm just saying there's room for both i think i think there's room for both right you know we got some great new inventory in this week um how about the 69 Corvette convertible, Lama blue over bright blue, numbers matching L71 427 cubic inch V8, hmm. daddy. Yeah. Numbers matching Muncie M20 manual. And the special order heavy-duty 411 posi axle. Wow. And it was sold new. Yanko Chevrolet. That's amazing. I mean, that's the That goal. alone. Yeah. Got the window sticker, the NCRS. That's cool. Report. Yeah. I mean, just to say, I don't care if you bought a Caprice. A 77 Caprice. If right. you came from Yanko Chevrolet, that's, that's awesome. cool. That's legendary. That, that adds to the, to the, you know, one-upmanship of that particular For sure. car. So really a beautiful car. But how about the 38 Lincoln Zephyr coupe that we got in? It is burgundy over beige. And this thing has got so much steel. It, real estate of this thing is amazing. I mean, it's just, you mm. can't believe how big it is until you stand right next to it or put it next to another car. Uh, it's basically, and I won't say a flawless, but it's mm. close to flawless, mm-hmm. <clears throat> body and paint. Um, it's got an Art Deco interior that's got some worn areas that were original that were hard to replace, I think. So they decided not to replace the whole interior, which I'm, I get that. Mm-hmm. that. That makes absolute sense. Uh, it's a 270, 267 cubic inch V12. Funny how the displacement on those V12s is low. <laughs> small, you know, yeah. small. And they usually had a one-barrel carburetor. Right. Which is really funny. Putting along. Just putting along, you know. Not Smooth. Like, yeah. Putting along. Not like the S65, the twin turbo right. v, uh, V12 with 638 yeah. horsepower and 700 and God knows what foot pounds of torque. Right. But, uh, anyway, the other thing about this Lincoln Zephyr is really cool. It's got the two speed rear axle. And a three-speed manual. But the nice thing about the two-speed rear axle is that you can get a little bit better highway speeds because it's got a little bit lower gear ratio. Mm-hmm. Most of them were just a one-speed rear axle. You know, there was no – Okay. There wasn't an overdrive. Or if you did – I mean, some of them had an overdrive. But, I mean, if you just had a three-speed manual with a one-speed uh, rear axle, you know, you 50 miles an hour is really pushing mm-hmm. it uh, on the highway. Hmm. So um, – also, and this is an odd one for me to pick, is that there's a 27, we got a 27 Ford Model T Roadster. This thing is about the nicest Model T I've really? ever seen in my entire life. Hmm. I mean, the level of detail that they did on this was amazing. Um, it's, it's stunning. And I'll say, and when do you hear that about a Model T? Right, exactly. They're usually kind of worn, mm-hmm. you know, black. The paint's not real shiny. They're just, they're just utilitarian transportation machines. Black was the standard, right? Black was the standard color. You could order it any color as long as it was black was mm. the old saying back then <laughs> in the Model T. Yep. But, uh, but this one, I mean, it's less than 20 grand. Hmm. Um, it's, it's, you won't go anywhere that people, I don't care how jaded of a car guy is going to come up and say, wow, that's a really nice For car. Sure. And most guys don't walk up to Model T's and say, wow, that's a really nice car. And not any diss on the Model T. It's just that there, there's a gazillion of them out there and most of them are in marginal or average condition. Yeah. They're not, they're not done to this level. So hmm. <clears throat> I will get off my high horse about the uh, Model T Roadster. So anyway, nice. how about the 73 Bronco? Right. Black over black, frame off restored, um, full roll cage. Uh, this thing is, you know, you put, look at the level of things that people go to to restore these cars and trucks, and it's absolutely amazing. I mean, <clears throat> the time and the patience it has to get something 
I mean, this is, again, near flawless. It is. It really is. But the amount of patience that you have to have to get that car to that near flawless condition. Yeah. I mean, there are entire companies that just do Absolutely. the Ford, the classic Broncos yeah. or internationals. And, yeah. it's just, and they've made a whole business out of it. it. Yeah. And it's amazing because, you know, you see the amount of craftsmanship and work. They're, these people are artists that do these mm-hmm. like this, especially to this level. I agree. You know, and listen, it's not to, to downplay anybody who wants to do it in their backyard and do an amateur mm-hmm. restoration. You know, and, and when we sell a vehicle, we note whether it's a professional or an amateur restoration. And, of course, what that means is the amateur restoration is not going to be quite as shiny and as as thoroughly done as a professional restoration. We also say when it's a driver quality car, that means that there's flaws on it. That mm-hmm. means that there's some chips and rocks and buffs and cuffs and scuffs and whatever. Yeah, maybe the fit and finish isn't perfect. Isn't when, perfect. when this one pulls into a car show, you'll know right away. Right away. This is a high-end <clears throat> Bronco. Yeah, yeah, there is no second-guessing this particular uh, Bronco. So, uh, And it's got the double overhead cam, 32-valve mm. V8, 4.6 liter, custom interior. Um, just can't say enough about it i guess i have though uh, <laughs> also a 52 mercedes 220a cabriolet very rare uh, example 1950s uh, mercedes convertible one of 1287 or so built gray over our favorite interior color oxblood that's right it's beauty and it's got the carl bash b-a-i-s-c-h luggage uh which is a thing that i don't know anything about <laughs> probably by my butchering of the name of it that probably was a dead giveaway for those of you who do know what the probably uh, matching le- matching yeah, leather uh yeah. luggage. 2.2 liter 600 and a four-speed manual transmission ah. and and back in the day uh at the time most cars in the late 40s early 50s would only have three-speed manual mm-hmm. transmission so it was kind of a little bit of uh unusual uh transportation option if you will um but i tell you you know it, the the diversity of cars that we're getting in lately is really amazing it is and the quality level of them mm-hmm. has really gone up and there's some other ones we'll be talking about in the future shows uh, uh, a really amazing little 61 buick skylark coupe and you say hmm what mm-hmm. a 61 skylark well that's kind of a odd duck and then, of course, the aforementioned uh, Toyota Tacoma and the Forerunner that we got in uh, that are both done up in that Toyota red and orange and white right, paint right, scheme. You right. know. Uh, we'll talk about those and some uh, uh, just some really cool cars that we're getting in. You have great quality cars coming in, I mean, the Porsches, all kinds of things. And then if you go on the website, you'll see that some of the barn finds are up on the website, too. Yeah. So you see the whole gamut of quality and we <laughs> now have, Yeah, we now have 60-something of my partner's barn finds. We've sold out of his 450 barn find collection about 120 wow. over the past four years. We haven't really pushed hard to sell them. Right. I mean, a lot of of them don't have titles a lot of mm. them are in in less than desirable condition and we've sold off kind of from the bottom the model t that was basically in part in a boxes uh <laughs> that was all rusted and and you know didn't run and hasn't run and whatever but now we're starting to get into the 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 kind of the next level of these barn finds ones that are pretty solid probably we had them running mm. um they are desirable not just a model t that that uh is not very desirable because there's so many of them out there and so now we have six Sixty-eight or sixty-nine of the uh, the barn finds out there online, and we'll be adding more of those. We've we've picked about a hundred that we want to keep. Right. One of them being the, the 1923 Chevrolet Weedman camper that we have here that we'll never sell. Right. I'd say never. Never is a really long time, but but that we never really want to sell. Um, 
know. and again, as cool as they are to see in person, uh, the photography gets right down to the nitty gritty. You see every angle, every yeah. piece of wood. You know? Yeah, I mean, we take it's the really same cool. set of pictures on a non-running yeah. barn find yeah. that's been outside for the last thirty years as we do a million dollar anything. Right. Uh, we've got a couple of Edsels that are in the yeah, inventory. Right. We got a bug, an Austin Healy Sprite, restorable. Yeah. Um, yeah. That uh, a Studebaker locomotive. Mm-hmm. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. A Crosley Farmo Road fire engine. Yeah. You know, that's just like a little miniature it, it fire is. engine. That thing is interesting. Uh, a little Nash Metropolitan. Some tractors, some bitses. Good and project we, cars. Yeah, and a bitsa is basically a car that we really don't even know what it is. <laughs> it's got some, little bits of this, little, little bits, bits of, of that. that. It's got a little bit of everything to it. And <laughs> we really don't know. Uh, but some really interesting um, kind of grain type trucks and half ton trucks. We got a GMC with a C cab. Really a cool truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we're kind of now we're going up to the 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 next level. We kind of sold from the bottom of the stuff that was probably more parts cars than right. anything. These would be. Cons- Considered some of them still parts cars, some of them more uh, a car that you would say, or vehicle or truck Mm -hmm. that you would say, I'm going to take this and actually take it to the next level. Um, And so, but give us a call. We'll be glad to you know walk you through any of them and tell you what's good and what's bad. Mm -hmm. And and again, if you go on our website, I mean, you're going to see every picture of every angle uh, that we can possibly get. Unless it's too big to go on the lift, they all have undercarriage pictures. Right. Um, Speaking of too big for for stuff. There was a there's a limousine just listed, right? And he couldn't take a full side <laughs> shot, so there's two pics. The first time ever I've seen this, maybe not because you have a tank truck too. We do have a big tanker uh, truck. Two pictures of the side. <laughs> Beautiful limousine, by the way. Well, there you go. It's got like a third row if you want it, and uh, instead comes up in the middle. Right. It's a. Uh, forget what it is we've got a dually that we got in it's mm-hmm. like 19 and a half or 21 and a half feet long or what which is long for a, in a car world. right it's probably my suit my packard clipper super 8 limousine is okay that, that probably uh, is the one that you're referring just listed to. recently yep. yeah that's it it's the black pack this is a cool car you know it a, is a 46 packard super clipper 8 limousine is a full ccca classic mm. which is the classic car club of america's designation for vehicles that that they feel are significant uh in in the history of the automobile, um, and and there's a bunch of criteria for mm-hmm. it. And not every Packard is a CCCA classic, and not every, I guess every Duesenberg is. There's a there's there's some manufacturers that every model that they ever made is a full classic, and then there's others that that are just certain eras, usually pre-war or, or wartime ish, close sure. to there. Uh, I don't know if there's any post-war. I guess not. I guess there's not any post-war cars because I think that would be de- demean the full CCCA, which is the classic car club of America. Mm-hmm. So, um, but anyway, um, this one is a full CCCA classic. It's a 46 Packard super clipper limousine with the eight cylinder. Is it a straight eight? Yeah. It would have been. It is, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's a straight eight engine in it, uh, or an inline eight, as they call it. 165 horsepower. Is that <laughs> I, it? I don't know what it weighs, but a you, lot. You can camp out in the back seat, though. It, it does have overdrive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is the original engine and original transmission. Mm, about that. Um, so, which is unusual. Um, you don't always find these. That's, you know, part of the problem with the Model T's and the Model A's is that if they were titled with the engine number, and then you replace the engine. Oh. You didn't replace the title. Right. And then 25, 30 years later, you go, oh, well, this isn't even close. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, we can get more into that one of these days. Sure. But when we return, uh, we'll talk about, oh, the car movies that we talked about. Oh, good. About. We didn't get to talk about Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2. Would it be Cannonball Run 1? 
And then Cannonball Run too, or just Cannonball? Right? Cannonball, and then Cannonball like, too. It's like if you're a band, did you name yourself titled debut album? Right. Is it called One? Van Halen One, <laughs> one. Van Halen Two. Yeah, Van Halen Two was a thing. Van Halen was just Van Halen. Right. So that's a whole other thing we can get into. Anyway, when we return with the Classic Auto Mall podcast, more fascinating conversation with Steve and myself. We'll see you in a minute. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. It's a museum, it's a showroom, it's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast and Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown. Did you hear that crackling? I'm, I'm telling you, there's I'm, crackling. I'm getting a crackling out. There's some crackling. Let me see. Can I hear it? I don't hear it. Don't move. <laughs> oh, see, it, there. Crackling. I think right, let me go check the board. I think it's you. We're, we're down an engineer today, so <laughs> yeah. I'm, hold on. Yeah, we're engineer-less. I'm not wearing my crackly jacket. <laughs> I'm wearing my crackly jacket. But anyway, um, sometimes our technical difficulty. We were talking about Audrain. Oh, I just heard it when you picked up that set of headphones. So anyway, we're talking about, you know, these co- these uh, podcasts that are out there and the one that uh, Donald Osborne and Jay Leno do, uh the Audrain Concours and then the Audrain Museum and the Audrain everything. They have a big event we're sponsors of actually. Now I hear a ringing. Oh, that's oh, that's, the, that's the backup. The golf cart's back. Go- yeah. Those damn things. <laughs> Those backup golf carts and the UPS trucks. Anyway, well, legally, if you take off that beep and you hit somebody, yeah, then you're in <laughs> deep doo doo. Um, but we were talking about it was funny. The, the Jay Leno and Donald Osborne were on the Audrey and Concourse show uh, podcast the other day, and their content was brilliant. Um, yeah. Steve watched it and and affirms that. I'm yeah, hoping. it's great. And uh, they were talking about 928 Porsches, which we I have a whole thing on that mm-hmm. Porsche. So I guess they're trying to steal my. My notes? No, it's six months. It's a six-month-old video. Well, I thought about this seven months ago. So okay, so, uh, but but the the interesting thing that Steve noticed about it, uh, and and not to put it down because mm. I mean, sure, they have way more listeners than we do. Um, that um, the, the the lighting wasn't great. The audio wasn't perfect. It was just two guys having a conversation, yeah. and it didn't need to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we try to make things too nice. Right. Uh, it's like restoring a car. You know, you can make this thing perfect, but then you don't want to drive it. Right. Because it's too nice. Exactly. Well, case in point, probably the biggest car YouTuber in current times, Doug DeMuro, you know, he would wear a T-shirt. He'd wear shorts. Right. His camera, he used his phone for a long time. Sure. Or a, a crappy, you know, video camera. 
it's not about the technology. It's, it's about the content. Content is the most important right. thing. And we've talked about how we could make <clears throat> our uh, uh, podcast here, you know, a little bit more like a television show mm-hmm. versus a podcast because – there are a gazillion podcasts out there. There's no hiding from that. There's no saying, oh, we're, we're on the cutting edge of this. We're on the back end of the back <laughs> Maybe the side. downside. downside. <laughs> the downfall. Of the- yeah, the downfall. I, I might personally be responsible for the downfall of the podcast. <laughs> Wouldn't that be a hell of a moniker to uh, – Well, technology uh, has made it so easy you can do one from your, your car practically. I mean, you know? if you look at our studio, what we have built here, mm-hmm. if you go back 20 years to build what we have here mm-hmm. – to communicate the way we do with the shows and to get it out to the to Atlanta, America's Web Radio, or to Spotify and all that would cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah, or we didn't spend hundreds of thousands. Of no, dollars. and you don't have to. You and you don't have. You to. could spend uh, really for a mom and pop shop at, yeah. at home. You can spend two thousand dollars and have a full setup. Yeah. And usually you already have some of the equipment. You already have use of the computer. Right. And uh, then you need a microphone. Well, you probably have that because you're doing Zoom mm-hmm. meetings mm-hmm. because. You've been working from your house for all this time, and then you have a camera that's, you know, good enough. Yep. And so you can do your own podcast. It is. But you don't get, you know, the quality of me. <laughs> you don't get the voice, the golden the voice, voice of the Tennessee. The golden voice of Tennessee. You don't get that. And I don't think you can buy that. And the knowledge. I mean, you know, we well, certainly have a lot of knowledge. Well, we have a lot of knowledge because we've been doing this for a long time. Correct. We don't claim to be experts uh, on on really anything. but Sales. <laughs> sales are really good at that. Consignment. Good at consigning. We're about as good at consigning as you could possibly business be. Business model. It's a, yeah, it's, it's a, a great it's business expert model. business model. But we're not, you know, we're not experts on every single car that comes through the door because we're not going out and, <laughs> and seeking out these cars per se. We're not going out and buying them and saying, okay, I want to buy a 67 Mustang GTA 390. But we're not doing that. Mm-hmm. We're taking kind of what we get that's sometimes. Right. And not that that's a bad thing, but it's just we don't – we're taking cars that we don't necessarily maybe have a personal interest in. Right. Whereas if you're buying cars, you tend to gravitate towards buying cars that you have an interest in, that you have knowledge about, that you know mm-hmm. the details about. I can't tell you much about a bullet nose 51 Studebaker. You know, I just right. don't know a lot about it except it looks like a bullet nose. Right. And uh, usually comes in turquoise or something like that. The level of detail yeah. on an individual car is just mind-boggling. Yeah. Pete does a great job of the descriptions and really does yeah. his digging, does yeah. his due diligence and all that stuff. And every once in a while, you might miss a factoid or get something a little bit wrong. And you know what? We're okay. Send us an email and yeah. say, hey, look, I think you missed this or that color is not called Bolero Red. It's called uh, <laughs> Ruby Red right. or <clears throat> whatever the case may be. And we're okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean... Again, we write, you know, we've, we've, we've consigned 4,627 cars since we started. And we've written lengthy descriptions on every single car. And it's been done by one guy. Right. Right. So. And there's no way he could do this without the internet. No. Can you imagine? <clears throat> no. You'd he'd have to, he'd uh, have to live at a library. The well, New York. Yeah. He'd have to literally f- phone it in from the New York Public Library. Yeah. Somebody would have to transcribe it and write it here. I mean, it would be. That difficult to do. It would be hell on earth. Well, if you think back to loading cars on the Internet for sale, I remember when we physically had to load cars, uh, individual pictures one at a time Mm. onto Hemmings or ClassicCars.com or any of the different sites that we use. So it would take – Kathy, my wife, would do it, and it would take her 30 minutes for each car to load it. Now you hit a button, and it goes boom Mm -hmm. to every single, you know, uh, place that we advertise on, uh, every single classic car website, which is well over 60 now. Mm -hmm. About 40 of them we actually load to, and then another 20 
are ones that pick up from Hemmings and okay. ClassicCars.com, and they load them on their site. But it's not untoward. They're doing it, and still our contact info and how to reach us is there. And they're not – all they're trying to do is just drive traffic to their site. Sure. But they're not offering it for sale. Now, that's a whole other story. That does happen. People do take our pictures and our descriptions oh, and really? put them out there for half the price. Uh-huh. And we get calls about once a week on that where somebody says, you know, I think we've your pictures are familiar. And there's a guy who's in Seattle – and I don't think you're in Seattle, and he's got your same pictures uh, uh, of your cars. So our pictures are distinct. Too, right? They're very distinct. When they pop up on the internet, I, I notice right away. And I don't think "very distinct" is even correct because there's no defining definite. Uh, distinct is just right. distinct. Can't qualify. You can't quantify or qualify distinct. It's just distinct. It yep. can't be very distinct <laughs> or very perfect. It's just perfect. Kind of, kind of distinct. Yeah, <laughs> it's distinct-ish. Yeah, right. So anyway, getting to our movies of the week. Okay. I know we don't do this every week, so no. I can't call it Movies of the Week. We try. I have a whole list of movies that we can talk about. <laughs> Car movies. Car movies. The problem's going to be, back in the day, they they quantified their success by the box office. Mm-hmm. How do you do it today? Because a lot of movies aren't even out. Downloads? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. How do you know that? And how do you... It'll be interesting to see how that quantifies. I mean, wouldn't you hate to be an actor today? Uh, yeah. Y- yes. I mean, especially a B-level actor. You right. Know, like somebody, you know, who hadn't had a hit in a few years. Well, like like we were talking about podcasts being just thousands of podcasts, right. there's so many television shows that you, you, even if you made it onto a show that's on some weird cable <laughs> channel that nobody sees. Nobody would see I mean, it. Nobody it's, would it's a know. Weird, weird world we're in. Yeah. So the car movies that we're going to talk about, we're actually two, talking about two, Cannonball Run and Cannonball Run 2. Uh, Cannonball Run released in 1981. And I tell you what, I was 19 years old. Right. This was cool. There's a Lamborghini Countach in it. There was all kinds of cool cars. Burt Reynolds, who was, mm-hmm. you know, the hero the of man. all heroes. And of course, you know, Smokey and the Bandit had been out. Uh, it was directed by this, a stuntman. Hal Needham was a stuntman who did Smoking the Bandit and mm-hmm. Cannonball Run. Uh, and it was produced by Albert Ruddy, the guy who produced The Godfather. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, walked away from Godfather 2 to produce... <laughs> Cannonball Run. Okay. Seems like a step back. Right. Just, just a smidgen. Although nothing, you know, to take away from Cannonball Run, but it's no Godfather, right? Right. Not, <laughs> it's not professional suicide, but it's. No, it's, exactly. It's, but it's. You see it to, from there. And of course, Albert Ruddy is the one who created, co-created Hogan's Heroes. So, oh, wow. And really? if you think about the premise of Hogan's Heroes, <laughs> yeah. how would that ever work? A Nazi prison camp? A comedy? <laughs> With laughs. You're right. <laughs> the laugh track. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to fly. Different time. And it did fly. It, it was, was a, it was a, a funny show. It was really Schultz. a great show. Schultz. Schultz. Yep. Oh, and, and it was really a great show, but he's, that's how he got started. Okay. And, uh, and, and Cannibal Run was written by Brock Yates. Right. Uh, who was a, a journalist, uh, print and television journalist, uh, screenwriter. Author, uh, he was a car and driver magazine back in the days when car and driver was really cool. Yeah, they were irreverent and funny and cocky and got to test all the cool cars. Not woke, not woke. <laughs> they were they were sleepy. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> not wokey. Brock Brock was the man. He his, was his the son man. lives around here. Actually. Yeah, he does live around. Here. I'd love to get him on the show. We we can do that. Well, uh, you better put it on your list. I will. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Brock Yates and 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 car and driver magazine. At first, I remember. 
One of the first issues of Car Driver that I read, which had been 75-ish, I was about 13 years old, and mm-hmm. they were testing the 930 Turbo Porsche, the new Turbo Porsche wow. that had just been mm-hmm. introduced. And I don't know. The way they wrote was just made you go back and read sentences twice. Mm-hmm. And, and not many car magazines made you do that back in the day because they were, they were smart and they were funny yep. and they were not – Maybe a little arrogant, but uh, they didn't take themselves too seriously. Not too seriously. There was was always a a comedy. Yeah, and they always and they uh, once a year in April they would test a you know something oddball like a sixteen wheel construction. Yeah, right. Dirt hauler that works out in the salt mines and whatever. So anyway, Brock Yates really cool, and he also kind of invented the Cannonball Run, Mm -hmm. uh, inducted into the Motorsports Hall of Fame in 2017, and uh, now. For, for let's see, Cannonball Run released in 1981. Uh, the box office 160 million dollars. It did at the box office. The budget was 16 to 18 million dollars. Hmm. So that's a winner. Now, full disclosure, I'll have to tell our listeners. My father-in-law was in that movie. Was he? Yes, he was. Yes, Mel he was. Tillis, he sure was. With, I remember that with, now. With Terry Bradshaw. Right. They were, they were buddies. Oh, that's great. And they drove the stock car into the swimming pool. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and actually, there's a funny Mel and, and Terry Bradshaw story. Uh, back in the day, they they were truly buddies. They hung out. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And uh, Terry was over at Mel's house one Saturday, and Mel was slated to host Nashville Now, the television show that the host was going to be out sick or on vacation mm-hmm. or whatever. Mel was going to host it. He and Terry Bradshaw were messing around out by the swimming pool at Mel's house. And Terry picked – Mel was 6'2". Was he really? Or, yeah. And Terry grabbed Mel by his swimming suits and the nape of his neck and <laughs> was throwing him into the pool, threw him all the way across the pool. Oh, no. Into the concrete no wall way. on the other side. Busted his face up. Had to host National Now with a busted Is that up right? Face. I bet you can find that on YouTube. <laughs> oh, yeah. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Wow. So um, the, the Cannonball Run uh, starring... Burt Reynolds, mm-hmm. Roger Moore, 007, who was still in the 007 R- franchise right, at the right. time, um, Fair Fawcett, Dom DeLuise, mm-hmm. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., oh, yeah. Rat, Rat Pack. Packers, uh, Mel Tillis, and uh, Terry Bradshaw. Oh, and uh, so, you know, the first cross-country drive was done in 1903 from San Francisco to New York City. Nelson Jackson and his mechanic, 64 days in a, Winton, a 1903 Winton touring car. Hmm. 64 days. What's, what do you think the record is? <clears throat> Cross country? Yeah. I'm not going to look at the notes, but. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, it's got to be less than a day. Yeah. Right? Not, not much less. Yeah. 25 hours and 30 okay. minutes in 2020. Mm. 2016 Audi S6. Nice. <clears throat> average speed, 110 miles per hour. <laughs> That's hard to average 110. Legally. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. 25 hours and 30 minutes. Yeah, I drove. From Knoxville, Tennessee, to Los Angeles, California, in f- little over forty-eight hours by myself with no radio. How about that, I was delirious. I took no-dos boxes. You don't know what no-dos is, it's right? Like illegal oh, remember upper. that? Yeah, illegal upper. It's caffeine, really. Yeah, it was just a bunch of caffeine. It's like a five-hour energy drink. Uh oh, we're out of time. But uh, <laughs> I, I, we did uh, Philly to Las Vegas in two and a half days, and the only reason it took that long is because we stopped at night in Colorado because he wanted to see the Rockies. Right. And it was we were in an '84 Corvette in 1985. I was in a '75 Trans. 
Van Zandt. There you go. In uh, 1981-ish. So anyway, uh, Cannonball Run 2 released in 84. Budget was $22 million, made $56 million. Hmm. Siskel and Ebert said it was the worst movie ever. <laughs> and it also had Frank Sinatra in it, too. Hey, so it, everybody wanted to work with Frank Sinatra. So anyway, next week when we return, we'll have somebody on. And in the coming weeks, we've got Corky Coker, All right. uh, former CEO of Coker Tire, and Ken Gross, my friend, the writer, who wrote for all kinds of still writes for all kinds of magazines mm-hmm. and is a Concord the Elegance Judge. Awesome. So catch us next time or catch us on the web, classicautomall.com. We'll see you next time. We appreciate you listening to our show, and don't forget to come visit us in person next time you're in southeastern Pennsylvania. Admission is free, and our hours are on our website, classicautomall.com. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at classicautomall.com. To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. Classic Auto Mall podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media with music by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.